It's the Life After High School Podcast. All right, we're here. Matt, cheers, brother. Appreciate cheers, you uh, cheers. coming on the show. I'm really, uh, I'm grateful you're, uh, you're here in my uh, little garage studio and that we're able to uh, chop it up today. Yeah, I'm so, excited. Right on. So I've been a fan of, we have mutual connections, right? And I've been a fan of watching kind of the progression from your swim, right? Your big swim. We'll get to that and the training and stuff as kind of the show progresses. But it was really cool to see what you did. But what was even cooler for me was to hear from our mutual friends and connections that what you went through to get there. And that was almost more impressive to me than the actual feat itself. But so like once we get to that, like I'm really excited to hear and I'm really excited for everybody else to hear. So I'm stoked. But um, kind of take us through your journey like post-secondary school start from there and kind of take us to uh, where we are now. Sure. I'll talk real quick high school because why not? But nice. uh, I want to start with that. I'm, was, I'm not a natural athlete at all. Um, in high school, I was like kind of a heavier set dude. The only sport I played in high school was curling. So oh, right I, was, I was not an athlete, you know, so all those people say I'm not athletic. It doesn't mean you will always not be athletic. So I want to start right. there. Nice. Um, I was kind of a heavier set guy. If I had to like choose two words, I was kind of like the class clown and the brain, kind of a weird combo. Interesting. It's not, Unique, yeah. yeah, it's not a typical combo. I think like I have a lot of natural intelligence and so I was bored, and then humor was my way of just doing shenanigans. It was my way of like staying entertained, you know? Yeah. Um, so my mom always says like every strength has its weakness and every weakness has its strength. So because I had like a natural talent, I think I got lazy academically because I, I didn't have to work for it. Right. Where vice versa, the athletic side of things, I had to work for it. Double down. It did not come naturally to me at mm. all. So it's kind of cool to have those kind of both. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess... Post-secondary, I studied in physics. I started in general science. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had an awesome high school physics teacher, so, nice. and I was good at it. So yeah. I'm like, why not? And my first year university teacher in physics was also awesome. So I'm like, let's do physics. And kind of just yeah. threw myself willy-nilly into there, and I loved it. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Right on. So do you have any of that bit there? Do you have any moments when you say shenanigans that stood out to you from that time period? For being in high school? Yeah. That you can remember, because everybody's going, man, we yeah. all I, I think, that. yeah, yeah, okay, well, some maybe just, fun. like, when I'd come home after curfew, I'd always get busted by my dog. Your so dog. My, I would come in, like, I was a little bit of a rebel, um, like, I was a good kid, like, I didn't do anything too yeah. bad, but, like, I was de definitely a little bit of a, you know, party guy, and uh, I would come home after curfew, and then my dog would start barking, wake up my parents, and always get busted. No. So I was like, shit, you know, like, how do I... How do I break the system? So I'd come back before curfew, yeah. and then I would put the dog in my car and sneak back out. <laughs> you would take your dog. I take the with dog you. with me. And bonus, my dog was a wing woman. You know, this is Quincy was her. That's dog. amazing. Yeah. So then when I came back, there's no barking. She That's was already brilliant. With me. And you don't have to worry about like your wing man or wing woman like going off with somebody in the oh, middle yeah, of the night. Exactly. And then people, no. the girls would be like, "Oh, dog." You know, like there you go. I guess Are mine. You? Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's epic. <laughs> so maybe that's a silly one that pops in. Ah, oh, that's, that's pretty funny though. <laughs> now, what kind of, how did that kind of transpire? Leave like now, like uh, after physics, and then doing your um, like degrees. Where did that kind of take you? Like you're a teacher now. Yeah. So you'll see, I've jammed a lot of life in a short amount of time. Like I've done a lot mm -hmm. of different things. I've lived in a lot of different places. Uh, so I did undergrad in physics 
um, what I studied, my honors project, I squished things between diamonds. Nice. So I'm kind of like, I think one of my biggest weaknesses would be balance. So I'm kind of drawn, you can even, even in my physics days, I was drawn to the extreme, so I studied extreme pressure. You know, I'm kind of just, there's something that is alluring from the extremes to me. Yeah. You know, and obviously with that, balance is my weakness. You know, I kind of go all in full intensity yeah. when I do things. And it's hard to do that with most things. You have to, in order for you to commit fully, you have to commit fully to one thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I crushed things between damage, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. And then I did grad Thank studies you. at McGill. Nice. So I did uh, experimental, mouthful, experimental condensed matter physics. But basically, condensed matter, just to put it really simple, yeah. if you have like a, a pencil, mm -hmm. so your pencil, like your lead, Mm -hmm. That's or not lead anymore, but graphite. That's carbon. Yeah, it's pure carbon. And then diamond is also just carbon. So your diamond and your pencil is the exact same thing, except the way the atoms link up determine the properties. They're totally different. Interesting. So that's kind of condensed matter. You're like kind of studying the state of matter yeah. that leads to those properties. Whoa, that's cool. And you can kind of now that can pertain to anything that takes up atoms or that is formed of atoms which yeah exactly so the way the atoms are linked up even if it's all carbon if it's yeah. all the same type of atom the way the atoms are linked up will totally change the physical properties of something mm -hmm. so diamond versus graphite same thing you know and then when I was doing pressure I was studying different states like some of these states exist only at high pressure and then yeah. when you take away the high pressure they go away or like diamond diamond is actually if I grabbed peanut butter or anything yeah. with carbon in it if I grabbed peanut butter let's say it's got some carbon in it mm -hmm. And I apply a lot of pressure and heat, I could turn peanut butter into diamond. Like I could make some diamonds out of that with time. It's just a matter of finding that right balance of the amount or the right amount of pressure. Pressure, heat, time. Uh, so it would be the carbon in the peanut butter that would become oh. diamonds. Like and it's called metastable because if you take it away, yeah. the pressure and heat, then it stays that way. Or it's not metastable. If I take it away, it goes back to what it was. Whoa. Yeah. So I kind That's of studied that. Man. No yeah. kidding. And then McGill. I kind of continued in the extremes, but instead of doing extreme pressure, I did extreme low temperatures. Jeez. Like similar idea of like the way you test things, except instead of with pressure or extreme pressure, it's extreme cold. So I was studying the electrical properties. So okay. like how things conduct electricity at really cold temperatures, because yeah. things just behave differently in the extremes. Right. Um, so our fridge went to 15 millikelvin. Mm -hmm. So the absolute coldest you can go is zero Kelvin, which is about minus 273 Celsius. Yep. So our fridge went down to 0 0.015. So really close. And they're like, it was sample size was like a pinky nail, like very small thing. And then just things behave differently yeah. at those really low temperatures. And so we were studying like the electricity at those low temperatures. Oh. Now, McGill's in Montreal, eh? Yeah. So, so I went to Ottawa and then I went to yeah. Montreal. Is that, uh, which, how many cities do you live in? Like, where have, uh, where have you lived? Too many to count. Yeah. Ottawa, Montreal, Chicago, New York, Mississauga, Cambridge, Kitchener. I've lived, I've moved, like, a lot of... Like, down between like, U.S. and, um, like, that Ontario region, but of, like, U.S., Canada. Ontario, Quebec, yeah. Illinois, you know, I've, I've moved yeah. around. Why? Like, <laughs> you'll no, see, like, I kind of just life Chicago, took man? me that why? way. What yeah, you'll you see, I told you, I got a lot to tell, you know? Getting there. Um, so that was McGill was low temperatures. Uh, I think that's, I was all in on that too. I think mm -hmm. the purpose at that point in my life was knowledge. Yeah. I'm like, I want, I want knowledge. And I kind of went all in on it. 
And I had a very demanding supervisor, and I'm a very demanding person on myself, and that's just a bad match for me. Because I will try to meet and exceed ridiculous expectations. At the time, I was yeah. young, so I didn't know how to stand up to a supervisor, you know. That's tough. I kind of burned out hard. Kind of stressful, yeah. Yeah. Fatigue for sure. And, like, I realized that I didn't want to be there anymore. I had a conference in Italy, so the conference was cool. No, but I was just kind of just no. burned out. And, like, it was cool as this conference on... There was, like, three Nobel laureates there. So there's three, like, big honchos in science, you know? And I got to meet them. And at the time, these were, like, my heroes. Like, I want to be that, you know? Like, yeah, that's, right. like... Because you'll see, like, I'm an all-in kind of guy. Like, I want to be... Like, if I'm going to do science, I want a Nobel Prize. Like, I want to yeah. just give her, you know? That's the highest achievement I can get doing this. That's my goal. Yeah, which yeah is, that's sure. a bit me, which comes with its strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I got to meet my heroes, and, like... I was underwhelmed. I kind of had like an existential crisis. Oh, you're not supposed to meet your heroes, bro. I know. Oh, this is why they're telling you. I know. So I was like, <laughs> I had a crisis of like, I met them, and then I was like, this isn't who I want to become. Eh. You know? Yeah. Which was good, because it set me on the path I'm now, but it was right. that was the hard bit. So I didn't really struggle through high school. I didn't really struggle yeah. undergrad. Me hit me like mid-grad studies. And it was hard because I kind of had a full ride. You know, I had a full scholarship, nice. everything Congrats. paid for. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. I was publishing articles, you know, like exteriorly I had everything that I was working for. And then like I noticed this problem, I was depressed, you know, in, in Europe I was like sad, which I'm like, okay, this isn't cool. Like usually if you're traveling, you're supposed to be happy. Yeah. That's why I noticed was a problem was at that conference. And when I got back, I felt totally trapped because like, how can I walk away from these huge scholarships, yeah. you know, um, I got to skip. They skip my master's. So you can go straight to, you can go straight to your doctorate. Like I, I was getting like wow. recognition. I was, you know, getting success, and yeah. um, I felt trapped. So obviously, you know, I kind of just broke down a bit. If I'm being honest, yeah. yeah. Full honesty, like that was a rough transition out of there. So I left uh, there, and I was kind of like broken for a year. You know, so, that was how long the transition was. Was a year, roughly, or yeah, I left Montreal to come back to my hometown to be with my support system. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but that was a rough year. I was mm -hmm. kind of just, yeah. I was working like huge long days every day of the week. No, no, all work, no play. You know, like I said, there was no balance there. Yeah. So that was a recipe for disaster. And eventually, you know, you're young, you don't think you got limits. And I hit them and I hit them hard, you know? Yeah. Oof. Uh, but that's kind of my personality, you know? I kind of, I, it's the phoenix, you know, like you're fiery and then like go to ash and then the cycle restarts, you know, that's kind of my life cycle a bit. So I kind of don't want to go there if I don't can help it, but. Right. It's probably one, it's one of those things that I found similar, but different, obviously experiences, um, within, with school when you get to, everybody has that, I think multiple experiences, especially in men where you go through those moments of okay i'm go 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 because you want to see either see how far you can push yourself whether it be athletic or academic or see how like you just want to keep working keep working keep making money keep making money and try to generate and like you go 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 to a point where like you burn out and you like sleep through two days or you just feel like absolute crap or absolute like shit and you just you get up one day and you just man it's just not the same and then you react if you start reacting differently to things and that's, I think, that specific example of, like, reacting differently to things is where I notice that I hit my walls when certain things start to bug me that don't typically do. Because I'm pretty, like, stress-free, easygoing, just 
hey man, like we don't get to control much. Yeah. So control how you get, control your behavior and you're laughing the rest of the way. Um, so I try not to put too much stress on a lot of things, but then I find little things stress me out when I get to, and I'm like, that's when I kind of know it's tough, right? Because there's a self-awareness that needs to come with that. And if you're immature or young, like we're young, but we're like, took me a while to mature to a point where I was aware enough to realize that. And I think that's something that a lot of us hit. But what I want to know is when you were in, like you went to all expenses paid to Italy, right? Yeah. Now, did you ever go where you funded the trip? Like, you ever went? No, like, I got my flights paid, and I took an extra week and traveled afterwards, because, like, everything's paid, so I might as well take my vacation time there. And I came back. flights, yeah. yeah. So everything's covered, and then I took an extra week, so I kind of visited Naples, I visited uh, um, the Amalfi Coast, and then I headed out to Spain. So it was a good trip. I got good memories, but I was, I was, that's when I realized I was depressed, you know? Yeah. I, there was moments where I was low, and I'm like, I shouldn't be feeling this low. No, now we're in this sort of environment yeah, of new, exciting I'm things. I'm in Spain you know? and Italy, and I feel like, yeah, I'm like, why? No. I felt totally trapped, and then yeah. I did walk away from it, you know, which was tough to walk away from. Yeah, but. I can like, imagine. It's one uh, I asked that specifically because I went on a one week conf. I went on a one week um, all expenses paid trip, similar through work, the work I was doing at the time, but I also paid my way to go to Italy the year before dude how different is it and maybe you can also test to this or uh, see the extremes of it but how different is it of a trip in terms of where you're eating where you're staying when somebody else is paying versus when you're paying <laughs> I yeah we got some pretty luxurious trips. yeah that's what I'm paying. saying like, sure, sure yeah five star oh, yeah you're definitely six right bottles of Prosecco yeah, versus one. staying in hostels the second part yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like nine trip, other people definitely. in my bed and I'm like what's going yeah. on here yeah we were uh that's a good point, actually, because the paid part, like we were up in the mountains at this conference, where like there's like olive oil yeah. like, that they're being made or wines, like climate, all that stuff. Amazing. Nice yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, I was definitely like you know bumming it in the hostels and stuff. Yeah. So. It's a good way to do it. Like doing well, seeing both sides of it is very, dude. It's hilarious. It's so funny because there's so many different times where. I guess every single day um, when we were at this conference. Um, com- so what were you conference for? Um, so I was um, working at an architecture firm at the time in Sudbury, and they they had one representative from each firm. So Centura Tile Manufacturer is worldwide. I think they're somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but is based in Italy, where they made. That's sorry. That's at least I know they made. You, you think I'd know? at this point, right, being there, but they manufacture the tiles there and they supply them or they send them to the suppliers here, right? And they distribute them. Well, Centura was a, um, is a supplier of the manufactured tiles that happened in Italy. So the different brands and we went, they needed one person represented from each firm to go. So I just sent an email. I was like, Hey, yo, look, the boss I was like, yo, Caitlin, what, uh, what do I need to do to go? And they're like, just respond. I was like, no. So I respond. I'm like, here's my passport, all that good stuff. And nice. I went and so different from when I went a year before with my buddy. Uh, we were going like tours, but there's each re- region has like a a wine of like a red and white prosecco, a red and white wine of the region, right? Not of the country or the city, but the region. Well, right? The wine's cheaper than water there. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Right? So they're like, oh, here, here. I'm like, I'm gonna get a glass of water, like. <laughs> like you said, like, yeah, you say that. I'm like, yeah, it's true. I never had water there, but it might be why the wine tasted so good. <laughs> yeah. But, 
So there's like, oh, one, two, three, four glasses, right? White and red Prosecco, white and red wine of the region. And then it's whatever you like that stays at the table. And people are just always refilling it, always refilling. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm nine glasses in. We haven't even had our main course yet. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm going with my buddy. And I'm like, yo, how much? I'm like looking at the menu and the prices. Nothing's getting dropped down. It's just nice. very different. Yeah. yeah. I'm wearing this exact hat there. And then <laughs> other place I'm wearing like so a button. that one's been a while jeans. for a while. And- yeah. It's nice. been a while. Same with the water bottle, everything. It's been... Uh, it's done miles with me, that's for sure. Nice. Mm. So I'm very, very different. But leaving that um, experience after that year of kind of going back, finding roots, um, then what happened? I just kind of so yeah, I was. Grow out of that. It was a rough year. After coming out of my grad studies was a rough year. That's when I really hit the hard times, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't well enough to work. Like I was burned out. Like I was yeah. a husk, you know. I was just a shell. Um, so I started working in a soup kitchen of all places. Oh, Because wow. I started volunteering because I wasn't well enough to work. And the yep. perk of the reasoning behind that was if I'm not well, I can just leave. I can get fired, right? So they're just, they're just, they just like my time, you know? So everything's given. So they can't be like, you're a bad employee. That's you awesome. Know? So mm-hmm. I thought that was a good way to transition back to work. And two, like, I think that's something that really lacked from my physics days. Um, I've always volunteered and I kind of cut that part out when I was doing physics, you know, I've always kind of been involved in something. I like feeling valued. I like, like I have meaning and purpose. I like that, uh, to feel like I'm helping others, uh, you know, so giving other people food that don't have it, that's yeah. pretty concrete, you know, whereas Very, like yeah. research is not so concrete. You don't see the effects of what you're doing necessarily. Right. right. And more often than not, I feel with research work and correct me if I'm wrong, but it takes a while to even see the results. For sure. Yeah, I was so. having like trouble with my equipment and stuff. And yeah. like I was kind of in a basement, like no sun. You know, yeah. it's just not the best environment for me. Yeah, for sure. And I've, I've learned I was way too social to do what I was doing. Yeah, you, know? you seem very extroverted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. It was a bad fit. It took me a while to realize it. And it took me to, to, until it was too late. Hopefully, I, you know, now mm-hmm. I can re- most of the time catch myself before, but. No, it's you know, right on. Not always, but, you know. Yeah, we're the. Uh, Bane of our own existence. Yeah. Stuff for sure. So soup kitchen was the way to go. I volunteered Blue Door Soup Kitchen here in Sudbury. Oh, nice. And I was there for maybe like a year or two. And then gradually I ramped up till I was working there pretty much full time. And I was like, okay, now I'm well enough to work, you know. Yeah. So uh, I started working at Science North. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, just kind of ramp up from soup kitchen to Science North. I'm mm-hmm. like, what now? What do I want to do? Uh, and I loved teaching. You know, I taught the lab courses at Ottawa U and I taught the lab courses at McGill the first year of lab courses Whoa. or second year lab courses and I loved it. Yeah. So I was like, you know, let's go to teaching because why not? So I didn't really choose teaching. I was more like, what the hell am I going to do with myself? Yeah. Let's go teaching and it ended up working out. It ended up working out. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So the main reason I left, like I was happy at the scoop kitchen, but the main reason I left was, you know, money. Like you can't, I'm not making money. You need money to live, you know. Yeah. That's just kind of the reality of things. I'm like, oh, too bad I couldn't, <laughs> do that as a living, but that kind of thought stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to teach down south for two years, Cambridge and Kitchener, oh, wow. uh, nice. Mississauga, that kind of region. Yeah. So I was there for two years, and then you said, what brought me to the States? Uh, this one, people will go, what, when I tell? I was actually a monk, a religious brother. No way! <laughs> so, yeah, this not quite happen. a monk. I say dude, man, because no people know what a brother Start is. Start the car, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely talk about it. I don't want to, like, focus all on this, because when I bring that up, that's, like, that's all people want to talk about, because it's so, like, such a different world for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, I want to spend some time there, but I don't want the main, like, focus. I get it, I get it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure, man. It's your, uh, your episode, right? For sure. Um, 
So I became a Carmelite brother. So Carmelite is, yeah, it's kind of a spirituality. Um, it's part of like a, it's yeah. like Franciscans, but, but like it's a Catholic order, but they're called okay. the Carmelites. Okay. So that brought me to Chicago. Yeah. And then with them, I studied philosophy for a couple of years and like meditated and like, whoa, yeah. What was that like? So it was definitely like, I don't know. Especially I still, in that environment. I still, yeah, it was definitely a way different environment. I liked the first year in Chicago. I liked it a lot because it was social once again. Yeah. I was at school. I was studying. So yeah. that was very much good. Uh, I learned how to meditate, which I, I've kept that. I still meditate like okay. five. I don't meditate long, but I meditate about five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. I've got like different types of meditation. Nice, which we'll get to. Some sure, yeah, I can talk about sure. meditation, yeah. Um, so that kind of stuck with me, and my philosophy studies really stuck with me. So I'm, I'm still draw from that, and I have no regrets mm -hmm. having done it. Uh, the next year was in New York. The first year, I, I once again worked with poverty. So yeah. we, we basically had like a giant, it was called St. Vincent de Paul Society. Yep. So they had like the furniture store, but we had like a just a huge pool of money that we got decided to do with how to help people um, and what to do with it. So we'd like pay, we'd have meetings and vote on stuff like, can we pay this person's rent so they don't go homeless? Can we pay this person's heating bill so it doesn't get cut? That's amazing. Can we pay this person's lawyer fees? But it's tough because you had to say no to people in need. Like you had limited, finite amount of money and you had to decide where it went, right? Yeah, and people's rent isn't like 20 bucks here well, like, or 40 bucks We didn't want people to become dependent on us, but sometimes mm. one or two months rents is the difference between homelessness. Right, it's a huge difference. Yeah, they could be in debt and trying to pay it off, and just the timing. Sometimes a one-time help or, will save you from homelessness. It and really it's will. trying to find that balance. Right? Yeah, the, hmm. for sure. Um, so, like Chicago, some poverty, saw some really like I won't names or places, obviously, but for like, sure. we would go into home to assess the situation, assess the needs, and like I'd go to homes and like like no names, but I saw like a, a mom who had five boys. She was sick in the U.S. Like, if you don't have health insurance, you're done. Yeah, she had five luck. boys. She was bedridden, like, and she had five boys. Nobody helping her out, you know? Oh, so no. They had no clothes, no beds. Like, it was just a bare apartment. That was it, you know? So we hooked them up with what we could. Yeah. We gave them some beds. We gave them clothes. We gave them furniture. Do what um, you could, yeah. Do what we could, you know? But you can't, you can't, like, you don't want people becoming dependent on you. People want to cling to you. Like, they, like. I can only imagine, too, in that state when they're like, oh. They see a helping hand, they don't want to let it go. Exactly. Like, if you're drowning, you your instincts to, like, cling on. And, 100%. But then if, if they become dependent on us, we're not really helping them either, right? Right. So we're kind of trying to give them the help That's they need uh, so that they don't become dependent on us, right. but also, that, like, to ease up the burdens that they had, you know? Mm -hmm. It was me and a bunch of old women. Like, I was the only dude, and I was, like, the only guy... Uh, I was the only guy below 60 probably or maybe I should say 50 just to be safe That's but epic. just me and all oh, that man. you know that's um, so funny and I still got one of the guys I made friends at school in Chicago his name's Will uh, he was a Franciscan so he left too and I played D&D &D online with him so that's so hilarious that's yeah. epic still got that oh, connection from there still maintains the connections you know that's so funny yeah <laughs> still play D&D &D with him yeah yeah totally Dude, that's so funny right on and then the, the next year I was in New York. That's called the Novitiate. So that was a little bit more intense. Mm -hmm. And you don't have much going on. It's kind of like you have to focus on yourself. It's kind of the Novitiate. Novitiate. So like the, okay. the, the process is you're pre-Novitiate. Like you, you're a candidate. So yep. you kind of visit. They get to know them. You're yep. pre-Novitiate. And then you're a novice. And, <laughs> and then after you're a novice, you take your vows. So I left just before. I finished my Novitiate, but I didn't take my vows. I left before taking vows. Okay. So you take three vows. Poverty, chastity, obedience. The three vows you take. So you kind of different world cycle of yeah yeah or each so, phase or chapter of development I so guess. you're like living them without taking them to see if you can do it and then you take temporary vows so you take a vow for a year 
and then you take permanent vows after you've done it a few times and they think you're ready. Wow. It's kind of a big process. So I left uh, early-ish on, yeah. but still draw from it a lot. That's awesome. Now, what I want to know then, with that being said, in that time frame from your life, right? Like the time in the U.S. going through being, as you said, a monk? I, it's not, I wasn't technically a monk. Like, there's like the more a monk is like you're in a monastery. I say dude so. nun because like people know what a nun is, but they don't know what the dude version is, which is a brother. Yeah, okay. So I say dude nun just because like. Okay, so your time being a kind of like dude a monk, nun. dude nun. Yeah, so <laughs> just the slang, you know. It's 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 a different world. Like, I don't. Want, that's why I don't want to go too into it because I could easily spend a lot of time talking about that, right? Right. And I don't mind touching on it, but. So my one question then. Sure. Yeah. Um, what was, at least about this, um, from that time period being a dude nun. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Carmelite brother is the other. Carmelite brother. the technical term. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that, that word didn't resonate with me right away, so I, yeah. it went over my head, unfortunately. Sure. But, sorry, so, um, your time being a, a Carmelite brother, um, you had probably a crazy amount of experiences and challenges, but I'd like to know what was the biggest challenge you faced during that time period? And then your favorite experience oh. from that time frame. We can break those up. Yeah. Um, so the toughest challenge. Well, sort of the. I guess the best was once again. I think the studies. You know, mm. the people I met. Yeah. Um, the, some I made some really good lifelong connections there, and the studies, my philosophy, philosophy education, that really stuck yeah. with me because I'm an nice. academic, and so mm -hmm. I got to study for free. Like they paid my studies, which is cool. That's right? so cool. So I got yeah. philosophy studies paid by them and so you take a vow of poverty um, but you don't have anything but you don't want for anything mm -hmm. you know so you're not like poor you hear poverty you think like you're living with nothing it's yeah, just like you, your simplicity it's, it's a more misconception for yeah sure. exactly um, so it's in my studies which I still really draw from mm -hmm. like I, I my philosophy studies really formed well, my mindset and right so that probably be the, the strongest and then um, you know, I guess maybe why I went there was like I said I couldn't do this as a living and yeah. uh, working in the soup kitchen. So being a brother was my way of doing it as a living, I guess. Right? Yeah. So that's cool. That's an interesting way of doing it. Yeah. Try having your cake and eating it too. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the toughest part was the next year because it was it was isolated. It was really isolated. Uh, the second year and mm -hmm. it was a little more like monastic in style and like this sounds insane but like I, like if you haven't guessed it yet like I'm an extreme guy I want to yeah. go into something like I want to do it to the max um, so we had to do 40 days of silence that was the hardest thing I've possibly ever had to do it's like I don't think we're meant for that as human beings kind of broke me a bit yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, it kind of messed me up a bit if I'm being honest and I was like I'm not a quitter so I'm like I'm, I'm in you know yeah <laughs> but, no way it messed me up. We're not meant for that. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, we had geez. moments, like dinner we could talk, and like, we weren't supposed to have electronics. Like, it was intense. Like, 40 days of that, you know? So that, that's the, that was the toughest. And it was kind of dark and difficult and lonely. And, uh, you know, I wasn't a prisoner because it was my own choice. Right. But it felt that way. Yeah. Because I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. Like, I couldn't. So I left there leaving that, having spelt, felt like extreme loneliness. Because if you're yeah. silent, you're not talking to anyone. It's extreme loneliness, yeah, you're right? Fighting with your thoughts, and so like I don't know, made me think like solitary confinement, like that's that's just messed up, you know. Yeah. People are meant for that. But mine wasn't the same because, like I said, I, I was free to leave if I wanted to, when yeah. I wanted to. I kind of just saw it as a stepping stone, but, but like I left yeah. after that because, like I said, that was too much for me. 
Uh-huh. Um, but also that led to me like going to visit prisons and stuff because I'm like, it made me think of people in solitary confinement doing that stuff. Like, that's messed up. Or like the loneliness people must feel there. Um, you know, I've done a bunch of stuff. And I kind of had like a different burnout again, you know, mm-hmm. twice. You know, we figured I'd learn the first time. But the second time was, uh, I'd say, an empathy burnout. And I think those 40 days kind of fucked me up, if I'm being honest. Right. You know? uh, they kind of messed with me quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but like when you're wearing this piece of clothes, you got this brown robe, you know, you look like a Jedi a bit. It's amazing the immediate trust that people put in you. It is absolutely insane. And so people will come up to wow. you randomly and just tell you their deepest, darkest secrets, the worst shit they've ever done, the most traumatic stuff they've ever experienced. Like, they're, it's a piece of clothes, but to them it's a symbol, and it's it's insane. It is absolutely insane. It's humbling, because you've got to be careful, because that's a lot of power, you know? And, like, I was uncomfortable with that amount of power, if I'm being honest. Um, wow. And uh, it's tough to hear that day in, day out. I heard stories that would rip your soul apart, you know? I heard stories that, like, I didn't think a person could live this, you know? It kind of really messed with me hearing all this darkness all the time. And it kind of broke me for a bit, definitely. You, so it broke you. But what I want to know is, was it, it was the consistency of it, right? That kind of... I think, once again, lack of self-care, you know? That, like I said, balance is the one I'm missing. And, like, I went, like, I'm a monk. Like, at first I went, like, I'm going to be a scientist, I'm going to be a scientist, I'm going to research... Mm. And then I'll do the same thing with swimming, you know. Uh, it's just me, you know. So then when I was a monk, I want to be a monk. I'm going to meditate. Like, yeah. I'm going to read all oh, this yeah, yeah. stuff. I'm going to, you know, go all in on it. I'm going to help people. But you can't pour out of an empty cup, right? Like, if you give, 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 you're empty. Whoa. you got nothing to give, you know. You got gla- yeah, if I got this glass of water, pour it all you out. You can't pour out of an empty cup. You can't, man. Oh, if you pour it all out, so you got good. nothing to give. That's you know? such a good line. Yeah. Oh man, that's such. Re- that's so that's kind of what I did. I poured till I got nothing really left, right. and I had nothing left to give. You know. So once again, um, you know, you know, uh, second depression. If I'm being honest, you know, oh. twice. That's the kind of yeah. Uh, so, and you can tell me or not, or we can tell after. Or just skip it. But is there one story or moment that you can share that you heard from being in that role? That's too confidential. Cool. I don't think so I can, good. you know, they, yeah, told me that, they told me that in confidence, right? Yeah, so yeah. I don't feel those are my stories to show, you know? That is so, a crazy trust thing then. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. But just, Interesting. like I said, people have suffered yeah. things you wouldn't even think imaginable, you know? No, no kidding. And like, it sounds like fiction, the amount of people have suffered, you know? It's wow. just like how... And you're sharing that day in, day out, it's just... Yeah, when you hear that lots and over, like, yeah. it, it messes with your view of the world, you know? You see the world, I saw the world, like, as this, like, now I'm back to that space, but you see the world as a safe place, I do anyways, yeah. and then you hear those stories, and it doesn't feel that way anymore. No kidding, eh? You know? Uh, and you just realize just how much darkness there's out there that you're kind of blind to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I kind of got messed up again, and I, I was kind of lost again, because I felt like that's what I was going to do with my life, I thought I had found it, yeah. you know, I think meaning and purpose was knowledge, and then it was kind of spirituality, looking for like a higher purpose, then I, uh, you know, went back to what I knew, so I went back to teaching. Nice. Then I went back to Sudbury, yeah. Yeah, now was Sudbury, this has always been your, uh... I've been here since like grade or... one, so like oh, I said, yeah. I've had a very unstable yeah. life, I've moved around a lot, if you haven't tell. Mm. So even when I was a kid, I was born in Ottawa, then we moved to Rochester, Minnesota, in the States. So my dad studied in the U.S., wow. and then I lived yeah. in Jacksonville, Florida for yeah. a bit. 
So lots of bouncing around. Yeah. But this is kind of where you're like, you resided and you're like, this is my... Yeah, I would probably call somewhere home, it would be Sudbury. Interesting. I, okay. I stayed in Sudbury from like grade 1 to 12 and came back periodically. Right. Okay. So I've been nice. back here since uh, about five years. Right on. Yeah. And that's when you came back kept, or started teaching. And how'd you get back in, like, how'd you get into high school? Like, to teaching high school? Uh, yeah, well, physics is my background, so yeah. that was my teachable. I don't know if you want, did you want me to touch on meditation or not? Do you want to just zoom uh, forward? We'll get to it uh, when it comes to the swim and recovery and stuff. Sure, we'll, yeah. We'll get into that, yeah. Cool. Um, so sorry, what was your question? I kind of got started. No, it was um, wondering what, uh, with physics as a teachable, then what, uh, how'd you get into the teaching high school? Well, I'd already been a teacher before joining the Brotherhood, yeah. so I was already there. Oh, uh, so you okay, did yeah, teacher's yeah. college before. Yeah. I taught two years and left that to go... Oh, and then you went back to teaching it. Okay. And then once right, I okay. left being a brother, I went back mm-hmm. to teaching. So once again, that was a steep hard transition again from yeah, okay. that kind of life back. It was a steep transition in and a steep transition out, right? That's, uh, that's how you do things, right? To the extreme, <laughs> yeah. brother? Yeah, you know, like I said, <laughs> it's, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a double, like sure. Pat says the double-edged, double-edged sword. sword. It's a double-edged sword, great, for sure. Great time to use that. Part, yeah. part of my personality, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's it, it uh, slices both ways for sure. Yeah. Right on. So now we'll, uh, shifting gears a bit. So Sure. I met you and we, well, met you today when my fr- uh, we first connected because I had heard and seen your swim. I had heard about it um, from Pat, yeah. a mutual friend of ours. Shout yeah. out to him. Great dude. Yeah, he's awesome. Guy. I love Pat. Yeah, so do I. And hearing everything about you and then kind of following the story of how, of why and how. and Let's back up though from... All the way to why open water swimming, dude? Like, check this out. Hold on. What I I had open water swam before. I've done the mile in Nepawan around the island from the Laurentian University Beach. I don't enjoy that. It was a bad time. Did not enjoy. It. I was young. I was I was like younger than sixteen, but no fun. It's cold. There's water snakes. I'm not a snake guy, but there's other fish. It's ridiculous. There's boats, there's waves. Intimidating as all hell. You look down and you're like, what's going on here? I call it the abyss. Like, the abyss. Uh, yeah. uh, I call it staring at the abyss. Staring at nothingness. Yeah. So why open water swimming, man? Like, that, I, that I feel like, like I've got to get there too. Okay. So when I hit 30, that's when I hit my athletic journey. So that's a whole right other on. journey. So that leads to that. It doesn't make sense starting at the end. I think i got to start at the beginning for that Fair one. Way. Uh, so when I hit 30, once again, I was depressed. I didn't like where I was. Uh, I was really low. And I think it's important for me to talk about the lows because, like, people just seen the high now. Right? I'm coming off a high, mm-hmm. right? Oh, for sure. So when you get hyped, people don't see you as this human being. Right. You know, they see you, like, as a superhero or something when you're a brother. And, like, they see for you sure. as this non-human almost. Um, like a you symbol know, or something. But, yeah, exactly. But it's important to talk about the lows. Like, I've been reading a lot about Michael Phelps, too. Like, mm-hmm. he had some big post... Olympic depressions, Crazy, yeah. um, you know, some big, huge depressions, period. You, you know? ever read his autobiography? No, I want to read it next. I have it. Can I'll I even, borrow it? Yeah, 100%. Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. Man. Thank oh, you I'll so much. For this. Sweet. For sure. Definitely. For sure. I'll take you on that. Um, so, yeah, I want people to know that that's where I was when I started building up. I was 250 pounds. I was a big guy. I was mm-hmm. not athletic at all. Um, and I didn't like where I was in life because I'm coming out of there, like, didn't have, I wasn't, you know, accumulating materially compared to my friends because I, you know, was living poverty, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't accumulating things for myself. So I didn't have a house, didn't have a car, didn't have yeah. none of these, you know, material possessions. Right. 
a um, little bit behind relationship wise because I pursued this path. Yeah. You know, so I was having a, when I hit 30, that hit me hard and I was in a really low space and I was like, this is not where I want my life to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we talk about spiraling a lot. You talk about spiraling down depression. It's definitely a spiral, a slow process. But yeah. if you've gone down, the thought that flipped me around is you can spiral up. Right? If you spiral down, you, you can go the other way. You can't just jump out of depression. You can't no. just snap your finger, you're better. You can't take a pill, you're better. You can't just change your environment, you're better. Mm-hmm. It is a slow spiral upward. Yeah, for sure. That's what for I sure. you know would call it. And that's why I want to know people started my journey from nothing, basically. Yeah. You know, so when people say, Oh, I could never swim across one of potato, bullshit. Yeah, bullshit, dude. You can. For sure. I'll show you where I started. You're probably way ahead of where I started. Most people are probably yeah. way ahead from where I started. You know? Um, I got a picture. I'll show up the camera too. Nice. Like, why not? I got to p- pull a picture of that transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe send you that. Hold on, oh, yeah, up. for sure. So, on the left crazy. is me and my sister five years ago. And mm-hmm. on the right is me on my Wanna Pate swim. No way! No, if you Dude. hold that, you can hold it up to the camera. Dude. Show that. That's epic. There, amazing. There we go. So no people, way, dude. Yeah, I know. So that transformation was That's quite cool. insane too. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, it's really hard for that. Yeah, I don't blame you. That. I was about to say it's a lot of hard work and discipline. Jeez. For sure. And it, like I said, it was a slow spiral, right? It did. Yeah. Like I wasn't just ripped one day. Like now I'm ripped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Soul team six. Yeah. So, um, how did that journey happen? It was. Uh, the first thing that got me active is I had a couple buddies who asked me if I wanted to do a Spartan race, which is like obstacle races, yeah. Spartan races. Oh, yeah. So that's what we do. There's three different categories. There's Sprint, Super, Beast. Um, so I signed up for a Super. I knew it. And knew it. Yeah. that's what I looked like. I know I couldn't do a single pull-up. I could barely do any push-ups. I couldn't run a kilometer. I hit that sign-up button, and the first thought was, what the fuck did I just do to myself? No. That's <laughs> an extreme thing, dude. Yeah, yeah. I needed the fire, you know? Yeah. That's just who I am. I needed to get kicked in the butt. I needed I needed a big goal. Epic. I couldn't just go to the gym for the sake. Now, I was like, I got to do this race. You know, yeah. I'm accountable. It's a year away. I got a year to prep. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So my friend, Chris Minato and Dan Mopelli, they they're the ones who talked me into it, and that's like... Well, the biggest life changing book for yeah. sure. Yeah. So we trained together for a long time, got prepped for it. And I th- I think like like I said, I think the biggest thing, you know, um uh I know people now who are way better shaped than me. Yeah. Or even when I did my first Spartan, mm-hmm. who were too scared to do a Spartan. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, you can do it. I did it when I was way more shaped. Yeah. They just don't believe they can. <laughs> That's Right? Interesting, yeah. So when people say, I could never swim across one of potato, bullshit. You just don't believe you can. Yeah. You could if you put the time, the training, and you dedicate. If you don't want to, I respect that. If you tell me you can't, I don't respect that. Two very different things. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want it, fine. It did take a lot of training, right. discipline, and everything. That's not an you know? interest of yours. Exactly. Like open water swimming. Cool. I'm just saying, oh man, I could never do that. You're right. You're right. You're making your own reality. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. So that was my first Spartan. So that kind of got kicked me into gear. And then after that, I loved how I felt after that first Spartan. Like I was dead. Yeah. I did it maybe like four hours, 10, which is not a good time, but I got her done. And, you know, I was proud. You know, I, yeah, I right worked on. first time I did a Spartan. I failed like eight obstacles or something. So I ended up doing like 240 burpees. 
It took me a long time, but I got Each her done. Fail. Each failed obstacle is thirty burpees, and I failed eight because I wasn't, you know, wasn't in shape. Yeah, you're just like some of them require you have X level of fitness. I don't have that. Yeah, exactly. So, no. I, failed so I failed a lot of obstacles, but I got her done. It took me four hours, ten minutes, I think, was my time, something like that. But I got it done. Oh, no kidding. Hey, no, man, I just that's kept it. going. Exactly. Um, so I felt good, and then I was like, I kind of slacked off a bit after that. Kind of stopped the training. I trained for something. Yep. Then I joined a, a gym called Apex Warrior. Yeah. So where I actually met Pat for the first time. He doesn't go there regularly, but he came no. there once. That's how it was the first time I met Pat. Oh no way! So um, hugely inspiring commu- community. Definitely yeah, helped my mindset. Uh, awesome gym. So promo for Dennis there. Dennis guy who runs it. Apex <laughs> Warrior looking for a good place. Yeah. Promo That's for awesome. you. Um, so I went there, and he's like, "Why don't you do more races?" It's Obviously, lot. he's gonna. Say he's, that. he's intense. Dennis Dude, is an that, animal. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah Dennis is like an it. animal. Uh, he did one weekend. He got gold in the sprint, super, and beast in the same weekend. All three, you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, good for him. Dude. Yeah, no, he's good a beast. That's his thing. So yeah. that's what I did. You know, I kind of slacked after I accomplished that first goal. I accomplished that first goal, and I stopped. Yeah. And then I was like, let's just keep going. So I set some more Spartans, and then I joined jujitsu. Uh, at the same time, so nice. that was huge too. I know you like jujitsu. Yeah, so. I love it. Definitely, I love it. Like all these things, we'll train together one day. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm serious, so like I'm bringing, I'm trying to get like thick mats and find some from uh, my buddy who runs a a jungle gym. Trying to get some mats over here and then have enough space. We can drill some stuff. And uh, if there's enough space, roll. You know, that's fun. Learn I'm some down. stuff. Yeah, definitely drew from that a lot. So jujitsu and then apex that got me in good shape. And then uh, then I got into running. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm an intense guy, so ultras, you hear, I hear the word ultra, you know, I hear the word, that's me, I'm an ultra, yeah, I'm, I'm hooked, that's I my last name, yeah, yeah, ultra, extreme, yeah. yeah, count me in, sign me up, yeah, so I was runner, I was, you know, did some 50s, um, and then I broke my foot at jiu-jitsu, actually, I was overtraining, kind of just stupid, yeah. like, playing a silly game, like, it was just yeah. a stupid mistake, broke my foot, uh, and that once again was a low, you know, because yeah. I... You're injured. I was injured. Yeah. Yeah. I worked so hard to, like, transform. Like, I'd mm-hmm. been seeing nonstop forward progress, and now I slip back. You know, progress yeah. made me think, like, progress is not linear. You're not always moving forward, you know? No. But two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, you're still going forward. It's still one step forward. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, you got to have perspective, right? For sure. So when I had that injury, I was, you know, saw the muscle atrophy in my leg. Um, couldn't do jiu-jitsu, couldn't do my running. That's what brought me to swimming. Yeah. Eh? So that's what brought me to the yeah. pool. So I'm like, how can I stay active? So I hopped into the pool with a broken foot in October of last year. And I was not a swimmer at all. I hated swimming as a kid because I failed swimming lessons. I'm not a natural swimmer. Honestly, you have this negative uh, this aggression towards swimming. Well, because, yeah, I failed. You know, I wasn't good at it. I failed a bunch of swimming yeah. lessons. When you fail as a, as a kid, it's worse than failing as an adult. Yeah, exactly. Right? Now I don't care about <laughs> failure. As a kid, I cared. <laughs> So that's how I hopped in the pool with a broken foot, and I couldn't swim 50 meters last October. So that's where I started. I think that's the craziest part of my journey. That for swimming, saying that, yeah, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I think I had made the journey for running already. I had made right. from like breathe, not being able to breathe, running a kilometer to running 50. You know, I had made the journey of being 250 pounds to 180. Right. Uh, so I built off that. Right, you had those experiences. I had already yeah. made a similar journey. I knew I could mm. do it again. Once yep. again, I think the biggest thing holding people back is their own mind. Mm. Simple think that they can't do it. What in that mind do you think? Is it somebody else that has an influence saying that they can't do it? Or is it just like a social thing? Or is it... 
I don't know. You need to build off experience, right? Right. If you don't have the experience of success, mm-hmm. you don't know you're capable of it. It's the spiral up, right? Once right. you start spiraling upwards, that spiral gets bigger and success leads to bigger success. Like, I got exciting 100%. shit going on, you know? Yeah. And so, like, the spiral happened a lot quicker with swimming because mm-hmm. I was lower here when I was running or, you know, when I did my first Spartan. You started further up. And then, yeah, I started further up. Yeah. So I... The, you got one more momentum. I was able to yeah. progress a lot quicker because I had already made the journey and I was already had this baseline athletic fitness. I already had the cardiovascular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why I was able to progress swimming so quickly. One mm-hmm. of the big reasons. And the mentalities that I developed, uh, you know, as an ultra runner, mm-hmm. as uh, jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu I pulled from huge. Yeah. Just the mentality towards failure shifted from jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is one of those things humbling. that's very, very humbling. Extremely humbling. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I've been strangled by whether it be women smaller than me yeah men smaller than me yeah people way smaller than you that you don't think should be able to outpower you who do yeah that's when people but people don't realize because it's there's this kind of line and bubble that we walk around every day where you don't know or you subconsciously think that you're okay but then i have some of the most like ridiculously talented jiu-jitsu practitioners i've seen i like at least like in the gym and then other places and in tournaments, they're the least imposing people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they're, because they have yeah. confidence. They don't need to flex it. They yeah, don't. but it, it's almost like, like are you sh- like they're in, very introverted, very shy, very nerdy. Yeah. But they're, they have like a leopard seal look in their eye. Yeah. And you're just like, oh. It's a mind game different. too, right? Very it's definitely much a mind so, game. Yeah. For and it makes like that intelligent. Like I find intelligent people do better in jiu-jitsu yeah you need both you need athleticism sure. but intelligence it definitely helps, yeah. it's definitely like a game of chess almost you know <laughs> yeah i'd say yeah. like 60 40 maybe 70 30 even intelligence over physical yeah i've seen like over you'd say intelligence over physical yeah really eh? yeah over sorry you got more jiu-jitsu sorry. than me so. not physical over athleticism okay i'll say over athleticism let's okay. say that i'll preface that and i'll go 60 40 intelligence over okay. athleticism. see i've got less experience so i'd place 50 50 i'd say yeah. that they're, they're close. Yeah. It's definitely close. It's definitely not... Well, I definitely think intelligence is... Because then you know how to use what you have. and make, good point. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird thing. I want to, like, open that conversation up with a few more people and see kind of what... Totally, to, yeah. Get some perspective on that. So, I got Jiu-Jitsu... I think it's one of the greatest... I don't know who said it, but I got it from Jiu-Jitsu somewhere. Yeah. So, I got that quote in my mirror. And that was definitely related to my swimming. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, let me... Let me... Hold on. I got to think of it here. In training... Uh, there is no failure. There's no. only success and learning. The yeah. only failure is not to train. 100%. 100%. So, like, if I you do jiu-jitsu, yeah. I got submitted for, like, eight months straight. You know, is that a failure? No, I would, I would land, like, yeah. I would focus on the small victory. Okay, I'd land a sweep. Yes. yes. Or I'd land this, or I'd escape this submission. Yeah. Until eventually I was able to, you know, get my first submission. I was like, yeah! You know? Dude, I <laughs> yeah. still remember the day. Yeah? Once you tell me your first time, I'll hear about it. Go for it. It wasn't even, like, it was like a lazy, like, the guy pulled guard... And his foot went side, and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to footlock him. So your first thing she was an ankle lock? Yeah. Your first thing yeah. was an ankle I lock? Really? The lock? I was like, Rah! And then he tapped, Because like, he wasn't expecting it. Yeah, yeah. I oh, don't think nice. he knew how to defend it or how to hit it either, but yeah. he'd been training for like five months longer than me, and I've been training for six months. Oh, the leg game, time. though, is totally it's different. Nasty. Yeah. It, yeah. But I find if you're good, because I'm trying to work on the leg attacks now, and that's kind of been my game lately, is like developing those and like, like lasso stuff, and um, I find when you add the like attacks from the lower body, it opens up things you can do to the upper body, 
totally, really yeah. interesting way because you're not afraid of or neglecting 50% of see, the See, I kind of see them right? separate because I haven't done enough, right? Yeah, it's a so weird like way the, to piece them together, but yeah. at the end of the day, I don't want anybody to break my legs and I for don't sure. want anybody to break no, my arms. I got to both, for sure. Yeah, so it's just a matter of like, you focus on one, man, there's some cool stuff. I, ah, if I had mats here, I'd show you too. <laughs> my first was key lock. That was my first submission. Oh, yeah? Yeah, key That's lock. incredible. Yeah. Right on, dude. What's your uh, favorite submission? Rear naked choke all day. Rear naked choke? All day. It's my yeah, favorite eh? place to be. Favorite, like, Mine's I'm, I'm Kimura. control. I yeah? love it. You can hit it from so many spots. Yeah, where, like, there's Kimura. Where's your favorite spot, though? To hit it from? Yeah. I don't know. I just it just pops up. I'm like, there it is. You know, it's like right there, you can isolate it from side control. Yeah, exactly. I just I just kind of take it when it's, it's there. Dude, you know? I have a sick. Um, I saw on the phone buddy before this, and he taught me a sick like from deep half guard. He goes over and he connects to with the Kimura grip, and he like hips out and swings, pivoting on the Kimura grip. And lands with the Kamor grip here on the guy's back, Ooh. dude. I'll, ah, I'll show I'll show you one day, and it's you'll <laughs> you lose mats. it. You you'll lose it. You're like, ah, this is my grip. This is my because if you have that knowledge of that hold and like the way the body's manipulated and you're used to that, then doing that is like you'll pick it up quick. And I think you're like this is savage. Yeah, from a bottom bad position to on their back with the Kamor grip, and then you isolate the grip down, and then you can like tuck it behind their back, and then you just. <laughs> oh, it's dirty, Matt. You love it. So the love one it. I've Slip. never landed rolling, I've always, it's a triangle. I, no? I like drilling it. Because if you're choking someone out with just your legs, that's feeling like power to me. Like, it is just, Oh, yeah. Just got, just got me my legs. Yeah. You know? oh, but I've never, I've never been able to land it. No? I haven't drilled it enough, I don't think. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. There was once a, uh, I once drilled it. I drilled it every morning for three months. And then I hit it on a guy who had already beaten me. With a Kimura in the tournament before, I beat him with a triangle in the first match. Nice. So I was just like, oh. But I drilled it, like you said, like more reps, right? Yeah, yeah. It's whatever you're drilling, you're going to get good at, right? Yeah. So. And it's, but there's like one or two minor like variations to the triangle that just make it shitty yeah. for the person. So, yeah. Back to swimming, mm. if you don't mind. No, for sure, man. So, yeah, we go I think that. I had to build there because those are the building blocks. Like, how did you progress so quick? Like. It doesn't make sense unless I got the beginning, right? Right. And then this non-feeler failure is gone. Jiu-Jitsu took away my feeler failure. I'm like, whatever. I don't Amazing. care. Amazing. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. Like, I mean, still do, obviously, but like... Not nearly as much. Not nearly yeah. anywhere. And it's there's just, a confidence with that. Yeah, and it's if I fail, it's a lesson, right? Yeah, for sure. That's kind of the mentality that shifted. Mm. Um, Amazing. So, I knew my original goal was to swim across Ramsey Lake, which I'm doing uh, two days from now, actually. Right on. So that was yeah, my original nice. goal. Was tr- I, I knew it was ambitious. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Saturday. Saturday morning. Doing it for Camp Quality. Raise funds for uh, Camp Quality Summer Camp. Yeah. For sick kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I knew I wanted to cross Ramsey to do it. For raise funds for, for Camp Quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it was an ambitious goal because I couldn't swim yeah. 50 meters. But that's what I needed. I needed the kick in the butt. I needed the extreme. Need I needed the something extreme, big. The extreme I need, that's just me, right? Mm-hmm. I needed something big. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> That's a good point, man. Yeah. You're not wrong. That's you know? awesome. So, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. You're so, right, man. Yeah. So that was Ramsey. And then I put that in my mirror. So I see it every day. I, I, I set myself. I got three goals in my mirror at all times. And I set up my mirror. So I see it every single day. Mm-hmm. And I ask myself at the end of the day, did I do something towards this goal? Towards any of the three? Any of the th- All three. All three. Did nice. I do something? Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be much, but did I do something? Because like that slow spiral up, right? Mm-hmm. If you're doing nothing, your dreams are just going to come true spontaneously. Most people, right? Right, doesn't happen. You have to work towards it, and if it's there in your mirror, if you're not doing it, 
you got that reminder. Right, you have to manifest it. Yeah, and totally. And the reminders daily. Totally. So you see it, and then step two is I create myself a plan, a 10-step plan. Okay. And step one is always super-duper easy. So step one for my swim, Ramsey, was hop in a pool. So it's something yeah. easy yeah. that you know you can do to set you on the path to success. Mm-hmm. But it's taking that first step is also you're like, I hated swimming when I was a kid. I hated it. Yeah. There's more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I hated swimming. Even when I started swimming, like, oh, because I wasn't very good. Yeah. There's a quote that I read. is like, at first you swim to survive, then you swim to thrive. I love it. Yeah, That's so at awesome. first, you're, you're, we're land yeah. animals, right? Yep. So you're, you're scared. You're out of your element. You can die. You know, 100%. 100%. So your survival instinct's there. It's uncomfortable. And then once you get good at it, the feeling of like freedom is just mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, so step one was hop in a pool. Yeah. Step two was swim one kilometer in a pool. Step three was swim two kilometers in a pool. All right. Once I got comfortable in the pool, now it's time to hop out of the pool. Um, I called. I'm going to give her a shout out to you. I'm giving a bunch of people. Dude, shout out Kim, Kim Bruce. I love her. Active Therapy Plus. I called her a year ago. Yeah. And I like I called her. She's a sports therapist. Yeah. Uh, my sports therapist. I called her up and I said, listen, I know her through Chris Cacciotti also. Yeah. I'm getting to him. I love him too. I said, I can't swim 50 meters. This is how I started. But I want to swim across Ramsey. That's what I told her straight up. Like, what do I have to do to make this happen? I will make it happen. Just tell me what I got to do. Tell me what I got to do. Yeah, yeah, she spent an hour on the phone. She put me in contact with an open water swimming group. Nice. Gave me like some exercises to do, uh, some tips of open water swimming. Like she oh. took me seriously. Yeah, 100%. Which, you know, was huge. Like she could have just been like, this guy, yeah, exactly. this guy, this guy. Oh, right? But like, I guess she saw like, oh, this guy's got drive. You know, she saw something yeah. in me. You wouldn't have been on the phone. Exactly. So she saw some drive, took the time to answer my questions, mm-hmm. and now I still see her, and yeah. oh, she's amazing. I love Kim so yeah. much. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to meet her one day. Yeah, I, she's amazing. If you need a podcast guest, ask like, her. Yeah. She's oh, amazing. I'd love to. Yeah. Soon. Um, so yeah, then step, and then I was starting to open water swim. My first open water swim was pretty also extreme. It was my friend Brandon. Mm-hmm. We were in Lake Nepawasi. Yeah. I think it was like April 3rd or something. The ice had melted three days before. I like the deadpan stare at the camera. Yeah, you just yeah. look. That's like how the, I feel. That's, that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah, at the gym, cool. gym from the office. Is that the look, dude? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. I'm glad you caught on. So I was like, I have no. The pools were closed. Yeah. I was training in pools, but then they were closed since like December. And I was like, I got this goal that I want to do that's been staring at me in my mirror. And I can't train for it. I can't train for it. Finally, there's no ice on the lake. I can swim. I'm going to swim. So I bought myself a wetsuit. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. I didn't have my hands or feet covered. I had my bread, friend Brandon. He had a kayak and like sketchily tied to the back of his kayak. We had like a knee board. And oh, I'm like, right on. I'm like, Brandon, I don't know how this is going to go. Like, I have no idea how this is going to go. I don't know if I'm going to get hypothermia. Like, I don't know what's going to happen when I jump in here. <laughs> I was just like, just be ready to save me. Be ready know? to save yeah, me. Yeah, I had like this little inflatable buoy. Like, if I pass out, just pull on it. And, just- you know? I'm attached to it. I'll come back. Yeah. Ah, that's so funny. So I hopped in the water and it was like survival instinct kicks in. Amazing. Adrenaline to the max. I'm way too stubborn to turn around. I'm like, I'm swimming across this bay. I give it 120%. Like I just swim. I gas out after like 20 meters. Yeah. I gas out. I'm panicking hard. Full on panic attack. I'm just, I'm just gassed out hard. I, I, I yell out, Brandon Sammy throws me in the mute board, but I don't get out of the water. I stick there and I stay in the water till I got used to the temperature. You know, I can't really get, like it, it was so yeah. cold. It was hurting my lungs. You guys stop caring about the temperature. 
I think that's... I think, like, you can always stay... Like, when you do ultras, you can only get that pain signal for so long. Right. And then your body turns it off. Dude, our bodies are scary. Yeah. How well they adapt to things is kind of ridiculous. It'll kick back in, but when you have that pain, it'll kick off for a bit, and then it's like, okay, you're not listening to me, Mm. and then it'll kick back in to remind you when worse, and like, okay, I'm still here, you know? So anyways, I just chilled in the water until I mellowed out, Mm -hmm. I was able to be calm, Uh, and then I did this awkward front crawl to finish the bay. I I swam for like 20 minutes. (laughs) And these cold temperatures, I didn't keep my face. I was so cold, I couldn't like keep no. my face in the water to breathe. I was yeah. like, kind of like this doggy paddle, weird, awkward front crawl. And that was my first open water swim, 600 meters. Oh, that was four months epic. ago, or I guess not, maybe four or five in April. How many mm-hmm. months is that? Or what? The ninth month? When, I, when it was from August, August is eighth month, April is the fourth. Mm-hmm. It was like four months ago, it was my first open water swim ever. Four months ago. Wow. So. Wow. So what, five months? Yeah, about four or five months. Yeah. Yeah. Epic, dude. So that was my first one. Failure if you stop at the first 20 meters, but then I just chilled out and kept going, you know? Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you're scared, yeah. You know, I've been through a lot of panic attacks, Mm -hmm. and I know, like, my metaphor is a wave. It hits you, Mm -hmm. but it, it passes you. Right. And if you leave before that panic attack is done, you're just reinforcing that fear 10 times. Mm-hmm. If you ride out that fear and wait till it passes, you've removed it a lot. It's still right. there, but yeah. it's going to be less intense. Mm-hmm. So a lot of open water swims. I've had a lot of panic attacks. I'm going to. Yeah, that's just part of the yeah part of the fear. Like I've done some crazy shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that was my first open water swim. Then uh, it was like in June. My mm-hmm. buddy Neil, Neil Castlegate, he nice was training for yeah. you know. I knew him when I was much younger. Oh yeah, yeah he's awesome. I love Neil. He's yeah. a good guy. Uh, so he was training for a half Ironman. Right. And yeah. so he had to do the swim, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, do you want to swim across Nepawin Lake with me? You know, that was the next goal to yeah. kick off. That's two kilometers from Laurentian <laughs> Beach to Nepawin Beach. Yeah. Um, he's like, hell yeah, sure, let's do it. 100%. Yeah. His, that's about the distance he had to swim for his, his Ironman. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got out there. We went from uh, Laurentian Beach to Nepawin. Yep. Thinking the waves would go that way, but no, we were swimming directly into big waves. But that just made the swim more badass. So same thing, fear. First time I did it, it took me about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so then another one check. So we had I always have a spotter with me if I'm doing something like that. Yeah. So um, I'll have uh, someone in a canoe or kayak beside me, or like for the longer swims, always a boat. Smart. Someone yeah. just in case, you know, because it's dangerous. You know, you do it. It is for yeah. sure. For sure. So that was that. So that was, and then uh, I did a double with him. So that was a cool big goal. So we did double Lake Napa one. Nice. So that's there sick. and yeah, back. That uh, and that, that felt cool because that's the Ironman swimming distance. Oh, so man. like a full Ironman swimming yeah. distance. So when I hit that, I was like, hell yeah. I can do an Ironman. I'm on my way. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Um, the next big one I did, these open water swimming lazies, uh, Jess and Susan. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I see it spelled. I haven't heard her name. I'm so sorry. I think, I think it's Susan. I'm not sure it's Suzanne or Susan. I hope I didn't get her wrong. Ooh, is it two N's and an E? Because then that's I'm going to have to check this on my phone. Yeah. I'm going to get this right can't now. A, yeah, you can't, maybe can't hopefully, disappoint, uh, can't disappoint. Yeah, because I have a lot of respect for her and I want to get her name right. Yeah, for sure. She's coming that's to swim um, with me probably tomorrow, so I definitely oh, should. Right on. I think it's Suzanne. There it is. Suzanne. That's Suzanne. Oh, yeah, right? Suzanne, for sure. Sorry. Yeah, Susan, S-U-S-A-N. Suzanne. Yeah. Suzanne, yeah. Nice. Suzanne and Jess, there's some, like... No, they're they're up there in years compared to me. They're not old, but mm-hmm. like compared to me, and they're still out there swimming. And yeah. 
I, I, I was so nervous for that open water swim that I forgot to pack my wetsuit. <laughs> like, I, just, I get nervous. I told you. I get scared. That's amazing. Like, I was so frazzled. So that I didn't pack my wetsuit, and then I got there and I was swimming like four and a half kilometers. I'm like, oh shit! So I got there, I'm like, oh shit! I have my wetsuit. Like that makes the game so much easier. But I'm like, fuck it! I'm here. I'm gonna do it. Oh no! And so we swam uh, Kivy Park. We swam across Linton Lake and um, Crowley Lake. There's a little portage between the two. Yep. So we swam all the way to the end and back. About four and a half kilometers. And I did it in a wetsuit, so also a big boost. Yeah, man, way to go! Thanks, man. That, that's the real. That's the real shit. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's, that's when I started hitting some big that's distances. That intense stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Way to go! And then I knew I was swimming Ramsey, so I was. I just gave myself the goal to swim across as many lakes as I could this summer. Nice. So I swam across around twenty. Twenty. Twenty lakes, lakes. in the summer. Wow. And it was cool because. Thanks. Cool. Yeah, that's it was. Amazing. It was exciting. Yeah. So it was really cool because I just posted this on social media. People were like following me because they saw I started at fifty meters. Like some people saw me from the beginning. They're like, "What the fuck?" Like, ah, yeah. I look at this guy go, you know. And um, uh, people got to know me. They were like, sending me invites. Like people were like, "Come swim at my camp. Come swim at my house. Come swim here." So I swam with like I had like over thirty spotters. I wanted to swim every day. Nobody wanted to spot every day. So I had like a different spotter every day. I think the the week that I swam the most, I swam six lakes in a week. So that's the week I swam the most. I just, I swam six, and it was cool. It was, it was, it was awesome. Wow. And then people were, you know, it was social, because, like, they'd invite me out, and then whatever, we'd eat after. So I met a bunch of cool people nice. this summer. Yeah, no it was kidding. really neat. It was really exciting. That's awesome. Then uh, the bi- some of the biggest ones, beginning of August, I did uh, Big Pine Island on Panache. Okay, yeah, I heard it. So uh, it's, it's, as his name suggests, it's a big island. Big it's got island, a lot of yeah. pines on it, right? <laughs> Uh, my dad was spotting me the boat. It was a rainy day. Uh, so thank God for my dad. He was feeding me my drinks, food, and stuff nice. like that. Nice. Shout out, Dad. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. My dad was, dad was huge on that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, for sure. And uh, so as I swim across the island, I wasn't expecting this at all. I had like random campers come down to their docks like cheering. They're like, what the hell is this guy doing? You know, they could see I was doing a big swim. So they'd come down to their docks and cheer. I had like an older couple like banging pots and pants for me. Just like jacking me up as I was going. How'd that feel? It felt awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It felt really cool. No kidding. I wasn't expecting that. I'd be like a couple dozen people come down to their docks and cheer me on at different parts of the swim. Amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. People people love seeing someone succeed. Yeah. I think people love seeing someone kill it. I think so, yeah. It shows them it's possible. It shows them there's this an inspiration is doable. they can latch on to. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I've got inspired from a lot of sure. people, um, and yeah. So that 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 was so that's cool. when that was cool. Yeah. My first time dealing with some currents a bit, and my family was always there when I do these bigger chairs, like my sister, my niece, nephews, my mm-hmm. mom, and my brother-in-law. They were all there, like cheering me on the dock every time I come back. So they they've seen the progress too. You know, yeah. I think I'm like, I think when I was tapering. I, I had a huge like tapering when you cut down before an event. Yep. I was like, oh, I'm just going to swim two kilometers. And my sister's like, just two? Right? <laughs> yeah, just two? And that was a moment, like two months before my one up to swim, two. that was my yeah. best. Right? Yeah. And then two months later, I'm like, this is nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was crazy. Ah, yeah. So Big Pine Island, and then I did Lake Manitou. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Ian, friend of from Jiu Jitsu as well. Oh, nice. Uh, he took me out to Lake Manitou. Uh, it was a little stupid, a little dumb. Yeah, I, like I do stupid shit, you know. If yeah, you're extreme, up. right? Yeah. Um, so, like, I was going for a 10k that day, 
and he wanted some exercise, and so we changed the plan. And so he's like, "I'll take the kayak." I'm like, "Sure, fine." The lake was crystal clear when we started. Amazing. Yeah, when we so he started. took the kayak. Yeah. Um, so he took the kayak, spot me. Uh, about like two k into the swim, the waves started picking up, and they were hitting me on my breathing side. But like, I'm like, uh, "I'll go five k, five k back." I'm like, "When I turn around, I'll be good." You know, I'll be good when I turn around. Yeah. Um, but when I hit 5K, it took me two hours to swim 5K, and then it took me two hours to swim 2K. So when I turned around, I was going huge in these massive white caps. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have part of the elements. No. We called it due to safety. I maybe could have done it, but risk-reward wasn't there. No. It was an important lesson of when you're doing something, big lake like that, yeah. have a boat. Mother Nature always wins, dude. Exactly. Sure. We couldn't make it back, so we hitchhiked home. We were hitchhiked barefoot. We were walking up barefoot on the road, and we hitchhiked home, and then some farmer picked us up. Amazing. Hey, Peter. Shout out to Peter. Shout out to Peter. That's so funny. He's like, why did you want to do this? He's like, why did you want to swim 10 kilometers? And he's probably like, you city folk don't know Lake Manitou. You don't know Lake Manitou. Yeah, it's get rough. You know, they can't take Lake Manitou. So hitchhike home. And that was an important lesson element-wise. Look at wins. Start early. I started at 9 instead of... I was planning on starting much earlier. I started at 9 a.m. Usually lakes are much calmer earlier. For sure, yeah. Um, so that was probably my biggest swim uh, pre-Wanapate. Mm-hmm. And then Wanapate happened. Like, I don't know. I've been talking a long time. Stop me for... No, dude. Uh, you're okay, going. sweet. Do your thing. Uh, so Wanapate kind of came really quick. Um, my friend Chris Cacciotti lost his son, Evie. Yeah. So... Shout out to Chris. Yeah. Chris and Leslie and their mm-hmm. daughters named Zoe going yeah. through a rough time. He was three and a half years old. So he's been through, he had gone through like something like six big surgeries. You know, he had a yeah. big scar from the top to bottom, came mm-hmm. out fighting, had it difficult, and he didn't make it through the last one, you know? No. Um, so absolutely heartbreaking. That, like, absolutely, I yeah. felt so much pain, and that's not even my kid, you know? Like, yeah. I could only imagine... I didn't know yeah, Evie yeah. that well. I knew Chris really well. Yeah. So I was I was sad for what Chris was going. I met I worked met him at Apex where I worked out with him. Yeah. Um, did it, he did the Goggins challenges? I was his support crew, yeah. so he got nice. to return the favor. But That's yeah, awesome. just absolutely crushing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm a spiritual person since I was a brother. Yep. Right. So for me, there's a spiritual side of this swim. You know, like you mm-hmm. can be a skeptic, whatever. You know, maybe subconscious, whatever lens you want to take looking at it. Right. But. Um, the last I heard that Evie, uh, that uh, Chris posted, Evie was doing good. So he had pulled through. Like, he made a post uh, of right. these swims. So the last yeah. post I saw was that. And then one day, I had a dream where I was swimming one of Pate for Neo Kids. And I was doing it in memory of Evie, who was passed away. But that was before. That was before. So then I woke up Whoa. sobbing. I woke up sobbing, convinced he was dead. And then I was like, okay, rational brain. You know, like it's just a dream. That's freaky. It is freaky. Whoa. So to me, there's a spiritual side to it. You know, I'm a spiritual person. Like, yeah, take it as a sure. skeptical. If you don't believe in that stuff, that's cool. But for me, there was a spiritual side for it. Mm-hmm. And I had Chris over two weeks later. I, I found out later that exact same day that he had passed away. So that was there. I had Chris over two weeks later for some appetizers to process. Like, we just had, yeah. had him for some food, you know, had him to talk because, like, how do you process that? You can't, don't, you, I don't know. You can't, yeah. you know, I mean. I, I don't know. I'm hugely inspired by Evie, I'm hugely inspired 
You know, Leslie, I don't know as well, but just seeing who Evie was, just seeing who Chris, I know Leslie's amazing too, you know, be for bad. sure. Just seeing for their sure. kids, you know, I've, I've met, only met Leslie briefly a couple of times. Yeah. Just their whole family is it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I had Chris over and then he told me the time Evie died and it was the time I woke up. Like to me, to me, that's more than coincidence. You know, that kind it's of really freaked be, me out. Yeah. You know, I'm a spiritual, like I said, I'm a spiritual person. I believe <clears> in that stuff. For sure. Um, so I said this Neil Kid swim, like, memory of Evie. I'm like, I was like, that's not a realistic goal for me to do this year, to swim on a pate. And then I was like... That's the point. Fuck it, let's try. Yeah. You know? I was no longer afraid of Ramsey, because I'd swim past that distance. Right. And so I know I'm addicted to fear. For sure. Because if I'm not afraid, I'm not pushing myself. If not, I'm not afraid, I'm getting afraid. Right. So you'd rather be pushing yourself then stay being afraid and stay, yeah. yeah if i'm not afraid i get afraid because that means i'm not pushing my boundaries i'm not pushing myself you know if you're not afraid you get afraid yeah oh, i get afraid because i'm not afraid you know yeah. you, it means you're not growing right you need that you need discomfort you need to be discomfort like you need dis yeah. you don't want too much discomfort because you get a break like obviously right. like i've done some extreme stuff and i've had panic attacks yeah and, you know i've built up right there's a wall yeah yeah I've, and i've hit that wall yeah, for sure um but Wanapate scared me, so I'm like, let's do it. So this kind of this this fundraiser, I put Chris Cacciotti in charge of fundraising. Nice, smart. Because uh, I it was a way, you know, I wanted to honor, I wanted to remember Evie. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a way to process our grief, you know, his grief, my grief. For sure. Uh, you For know, sure. people who knew him. Uh, to give him, you know, when I had Chris over those two weeks later, he said something so strong to me. Um, he said, you know, I could easily fold into myself and break. You know, with this going on, because that's a big loss, right? For sure. So yeah. If I do that, Evie's legacy becomes like this stuck with me. Like, like I said, Evie, uh, Chris is something mm -hmm. else. Evie's legacy becomes one of darkness if I just let this destroy me. You know, and that's not what I want. Oh. I want to build Evie a legacy of light. Yeah. I want him to inspire and propel me to do great things, and and you know, Evie doesn't want me to be this way. Evie would want me to live. You know. Mm -hmm. So. Chris is processing by setting some crazy athletic goals too and getting out there and getting running, which mm -hmm. to me is huge. Like that's yeah. how I process too. Right. Um, so yeah, part, one of the main reasons for the one up to swim was to honor Evie, mm -hmm. to raise funds for kids uh, like Evie. So mm -hmm. the funds went to Neo Kids because yeah. um, Evie got a lot of support from Neo Kids. Yeah. Do you want to hear some talk about Chris Catch? Have you ever had Chris Catch on your podcast? Yeah, man. Okay, yeah, because yeah, he's man. the guy. Yeah, he's yeah, awesome. he's a dude. Um, so and yeah. we we talked about doing it again. Yeah. yeah. Let him kind of mm -hmm. process everything before. Yeah, that's some you know, heavy stuff to talk thing. about yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so Evie was very much part of the swim, very much a spiritual. I can't separate Evie from this swim, and um, I feel like he moved. He's a mover and a shaker. Like such a small guy, but big personality. For sure, yeah. Had every reason to be miserable. Every reason. Every oh, reason yeah. to be miserable. Oh yeah, every reason. Had a short life. Sure. Such big smiles every picture I see of him. That's true, yeah. That's a good point. So much joy packed in such a small life. Mm -hmm. So inspiring to me. And he's mm -hmm. still inspiring people. He's still shaking, moving and shaking things. Yeah. You know? And I think he will continue to move and shake things. And I think that I did when I did this swim, it snowballed so much more than I thought it would. Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, Evie's was front page of the Sunday Star, and then newspapers across Ontario... Like, I think it was in the Toronto Star. I think it was in the Timmins paper. Amazing, yeah. So, Evie's picture was in all these papers. And to me, that was huge. That's, mm -hmm. that's, 
what I wanted. I wasn't to build a legacy for Evie. I wanted to bring, you know, support to those who were grieving, and I wanted to help kids, um, you know, who are in a similar situation, and also want to do something amazing for myself, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so that, I said, I'm going to Montepatane, you know, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, and I assembled the team, so Chris Cacciotti was on my hype boat. Yeah. Um, Dan from Camp Quality, I, 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 I want to say his last name, but I was trying to learn to pronounce it today. I'm ah, sorry. It's all right. Yeah. It's all right. So Dan he from knows. Camp Quality. Yeah, it doesn't change how you feel. Uh, I, t- I was like, okay, I need a boat because I don't have a boat to cross across Winnipeg. I'm like, I'm just going to post in a Facebook group. Nice. I post in the Winnipeg group. I'm like, I want to swim around Winnipeg. Can somebody lend me a boat, you know, in a day? And then Dan from Camp Quality, I knew him, so I already trusted him, you know, so I'm like, perfect. He reached out. Even better. He had this pontoon boat. He let me crash out there the day nice. before. And uh, and then uh, Pat Boileau. Yes. Yeah, he was number yeah. three. So he he gave me a lot of massage therapy. I'd say like sports psych. He could be like a sports psychologist. I haven't told him that yet. But like the sports psychology, I'll, I'll he's got it. I'll tell him after this when we go jump in the lake. Yeah. 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 Sports psychology, he has it. <laughs> uh, he's just fun too. Yeah, he's got he a knows very the athletic life. lifestyle. Very much so. He lives it. So he was on the boat, you know. Uh, so those that was my dream team on the boat. Uh, Dan had me the day before and just mentally to get ready. That was the first time I was ever on the lake. I've never seen the lake. <laughs> I, I, I just loved that I've told people, like, I'm going to swim in Wanapate. And they're like, you're crazy. You can't do it. It's too deep. It's too wild. It's too unpredictable. They told me all the reasons why I couldn't. Don't do it. It's not safe. Yeah. Like, so many people say you couldn't. I'm like, worst case scenario, I fail. I don't care. Yeah, worst, I don't- scenario, worst case scenario, I hop out after 20 seconds. Yeah. Worst Actually, case scenario, I fail. And but- then I've done what everybody yeah. expected. You know, that's if I succeed, it's no fun. Yeah, if I succeed, people go, "Holy shit, that's possible!" For sure. You know, and that's what I want to do. Like with the stuff I do, I want to show. Mm-hmm. I want people to look and go, "Holy shit, that's possible!" What yeah. can I do? And I want them to translate it to their own life. Right. Right. Um, so Dan took me out. We went to the North Shore. Have you ever been to Lake Juan Pate? You ever been yeah. on it? Yeah, do you know the sand dunes? Yeah. That's where we started, the big wall of sand. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, so that's where we started. Spot. Took me out, yeah. scoped out the start point, yeah. and the day before, he dropped me in the middle of the lake, and like I was feeling fear, like there's big waves, and just the mental aspect of the depth of Wanapate, right, because it's deep. Just knowing how deep it is? Yeah, there's parts that don't register on the sonar. No, for sure. There's parts that are like, oh, like dude, little holes. It's deep. Yeah, it's deep. It's ridiculous. So mentally, that plays on you, mm-hmm. you know? And then we scoped out, we ended at Tony's Marina, big shout out to Tony as well, who welcomed us, that's where I finished. So I I cut right through the middle of the lake, cut right through the middle of the lake. Started 6.30 a.m. the next day, Uh, had the dream team with me, pontoon boat. Uh, Chris was setting up Evie's shrine in the boat on the way out there. So he had his, he took out some pictures, his Buzz Lightyear action figure, and we took out the shoes, like, when I saw those little empty shoes, I cried. Like, I couldn't. When I saw those little empty shoes, I couldn't not cry. No. You know, the tears uh. were flowing right from the start. Um, when I was... Teddy. I was excited. When I was staring out across Lake Wanapatay when I started it, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared. Oh, for sure. Rightfully so. Oh, very scared. Yeah. The, what the hell am I doing? The, there's no way you can swim this distance. All those mm-hmm. thoughts spin in, you know, but I've, I've done enough shit to know that yeah. I can do it. You're you know, like, this is how I always feel before something ridiculous is accomplished. When I have that feeling... Mm-hmm. It's because I'm about to do something amazing, right? Nice. Don't let the fear hold you back. The more afraid you are, maybe maybe you're ill prepared, but the more something amazing you're about to do, 
And all the best experiences are the other side of that fear. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's something very unique that I think a lot of people, and sometimes myself, and but it happens where we see things that other people do, and it almost intimidates us in a way. We're like, and then that you can kind of almost shut down from seeing go, and that like removes you from seeing like your goals. And here's one that I've kind of I say this a lot, or I'm trying to say it more to people, so that as my way of almost not coping because I think coping is a silly word, because like oh, I'm just dealing with it. It's like no, I want to excel from it. So, for example, um, with the fear of, I don't like asking people to be on the podcast. Yeah, there's a fear of rejection. Absolutely maybe. hate yeah. it. But it's uh, what it used to be is if you have more followers than me, I don't want to ask. Oh, really? But that's the opposite. That's the step up. Yeah. That's that's what's weird. But I would I was putting this arbitrary value on something that didn't really matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So it doesn't define who the person is or how good the person is or how great the conversation could be, right? So doing that and then moving away from that is kind of one of those things that now that it's removed and then you're not worried about the failure, what I'm trying to do now is I want people to, I not want people to say no, but I want to, I'm asking people with the intent of them saying no, or the goal is them saying no. Because if they say no, I'm building resilience. That's called rejection. rejection therapy. Yeah. I've done that before. And that's, you get, get rid of that fear of rejection. And it and works, get, right? It works. Totally yeah. works. So that, you get things you never thought you would get. And that's right? what I think. And that's kind of, I'm at the, um, beginning stages of it kind of trying for a couple months lately you know whether it be like just trying to find that's awesome because i talked to my students about that today yeah yeah no way that's awesome what was that like Like, um it was awesome yeah because i've done it as well Mm -hmm. because same thing like when i was a monk i wasn't dealing with girls and then obviously (coughs) i wanted to see girls after when i'm not celibate anymore you know they're amazing exactly beautiful creatures so that's a harsh transition so i was super shy super awkward and so I did it with that reasoning, but also like applied it everywhere. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to get rejected. It didn't have to be a girl. It could be anything, mm-hmm. but rejected for a hundred days straight. Wow. Like I said, extreme, right? Like, <laughs> that is extreme. But I want to get rid of the fear of rejection and the things that came out of it. Like this is a whole other tangent. I don't know if you want to go on this. Dude. Okay. Fire away, please. We'll go back to the one to swim after, I guess. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so yeah, rejection therapy. So, it really sunk in on the most banal of examples. So mm-hmm. the, I had a coworker, a teacher, she had a really strict yeah. diet. And like every two weeks or something, she could have peanut butter balls, chocolate covered peanut butter balls. So I'm like, perfect. Uh, excellent opportunity to get rejected. Mm-hmm. Can I have one? Like, what do you think she said? No. Yeah, of course. She said, no, right? she said no, of course she yeah. said no. You know, that's exactly okay. Check. Rejection like, quota yeah. for the day. Check. Amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Two weeks later, rolls around. Yeah. She got her peanut butter balls. She's like, I packed you some. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Start the car. The most, it was the most random. I was not expecting to get <laughs> peanut butter balls when I asked. But I got them. Not when I wanted them. It's a few big lessons there. One is oh, like, sometimes so cool. rejection is temporary. Yeah. Someone might say they didn't know to you in the moment, but I come back to you, right? You'll be like, hey, I got some time. Hey, I was thinking about this. I looked into it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It works, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how it kind of... Totally. And then a bunch of cool things. Totally. Bit, so. Yeah, I would love to hear about it. 
And then same thing with girls. Like you, I've already auto rejected myself. Like, oh, this babe, you know, this babe won't want to talk to me. She's yeah. out of my league. Hyped up a bit. Yeah. Down. But then I'm like, yourself. I'm like, yeah. well, whatever. She says no. I'm at the same point. And then like, I got these girls. I'm like, wow, I got a babe. You know, I'm so excited. Yeah. This is crazy. You know? Yeah. So amazing, dude. I did it for girls, but then it translated everywhere. And then very much. Yeah. When I was um, a physics teacher at. Uh, I got a bunch of them. Like I can go on. I'll give you this last one. I'll listen nice. to you after. Perfect. Um, but uh, I did Wonderland, and I was a physics teacher. And when the Yukon Striker, you know the the roller coaster. Oh yeah. So I was like, "Can we meet the engineer? <laughs> like, why not?" So like, okay. That's like, the here. coolest field yeah. trip of all time. And then they opened the park before we got there. And we got to ride the Yukon Striker twice before the park. Come opened. on. I know. Well, I was expecting it because you're like, yeah. I want to get rejected, so I build the resilience, right? But you're like, what's the most ridiculous thing I could have? And then, and then, just recently, before this swim, I did the same thing. Uh, Jillian Bell, she recently swam Lake Ontario. Amazing, yeah. So I reached out to her on Instagram. She's like, she's not going to answer me. Yeah, and she did. <laughs> yeah, she's like, good luck on your swim, you know? Awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. So. I've had um, I've had a similar experiences, but I was talking to a friend of mine. He's like, dude, if you're afraid of that, re-download Instagram. Ask five people a day for a month. Five different people a day who you've never had on the show, who, whether they follow you or don't, or you're like, well, maybe they're more, whatever. Re-download it. Go to their page. Ask them. Ask everybody. You have to have five people. Put yourself out there. Yeah. Go and do it. And he's like, it'll be A, easier to be consistent that way. But he's like, the people that might say yes will blow your mind. I'm like, We'll see. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like doing that stuff and then seeing like how that manifests. And it's, uh, it's a really, it's a really cool thing. Keep at it. Cause for me amazing. it was life changing and yeah. I still pull from it. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. I think it's, uh, I want to use it like consistently and in Tim Ferriss's four hour work week, another good Oh podcast. yeah. That's yeah, a yeah, great that's podcast. I love that. Yeah. Uh, dude, he's probably my favorite podcaster, like host. She's just uh, like, if I could be half as good as that show, I'm happy. Nice. So, yeah, man. Um, what he kind of says is there's like, um, there's comfort zone challenges. Ask him. Just yeah. send him an Instagram message. Worst case, he doesn't answer you because yeah, you're expecting, point. you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I will, for sure. But um, Whatever. You, you don't know, expect an answer. Tonight, Check. I, told, I haven't asked my five today yeah. yet. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's, um, I think he's, um, he does this comfort zone challenge in, in the book, right? And it's. He's like one where it's like walk up or he's like go to a crowded place and lie down for a minute. <laughs> just because it's weird, awkward. Just because it's uncomfortable and people will notice you. Yeah. You know, just so like, are you okay? Yeah. 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 Comfort zone. The conversation right? started. Nobody's going to lie down in the middle of the note, right? Everybody's walking. You, you do anything out of just walking normally. Every, wow. What's going on? You lock, you walk and lie down in the middle of like new suburb shopping center during like a busy time, whatever Black Friday, and you just lie down. <laughs> You're gonna get some looks, definitely. You're gonna get some looks. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but you build that for sure. Right? Yeah. It's like go up and ask X amount of people for their number. Guy, girl, doesn't matter. Same idea, right? Yeah. It's that fear of rejection. I think is building the resilience. It's huge. We evolved to have it. Like I'm like a scientist, scientific background. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like when you're in a tribe, like when you're living in the woods, mm-hmm. if you get rejected, you're dead. You know, if you're ejected from your tribe. Right. I think that's why that fear is so big. But now it's not the case. Like you got so many services to keep you alive. If you get rejected from a school, big deal. If a girl turns you down, you don't have like one other tribe to go to. You've got like a huge... You don't have to bring only her back to your tribe. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 
that's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. It's sure. awesome. Keep at it. And let me know. Yeah. I'd love to hear about Brother, I will. The stories I will. That come will. Yeah, there. we're seeing touch about this for sure. There's a few things. Like, I think um, that, yeah, I'm just really stoked. I'm really stoked to see how that uh, comes to fruition. So Totally. You'll get some stuff you never thought you'd get. Uh, Want to pate swim? Kind yeah. of shifting. So start it out. Yeah. Pat gave me a good thing. I loved it. Yeah. Like, when he saw I was afraid, I told him I was afraid. He knew I was afraid. Yeah, like, he's got a I'm bunch of good ones. He's like, slay giants today. You know, you're just going out to slay giants. One stroke at a time. You know, same thing. I've done the like ultras and stuff, so it's, you don't focus when you focus on the whole big picture. It's overwhelming. It's terrifying. So you just focus on the, that single moment, and yeah. that eventually that moment, like one second, if you keep counting one second, it would eventually be whatever you need to do. You know? So, yeah, that's true. So um, got out, got swimming. The first six k was good. I refused to touch the boat. I did not touch the boat one time. I love that. I did not touch the boat. I, I did not. They're like, come grab the boat. I was like, no, I refuse. I, I love that. Yeah, that just. I love it. I have so much more. Like I had an enormous, immense amount of respect for your accomplishment. Hearing that, double that. That's intense. Yeah. Like, there's no. It's like you're on your it's own. It's me. You're yeah. They're literally there. swimming they're there. across. Yeah. And that's that reassurance, right? For like sure. having them there because then if shit hits the fan. They're yeah. There, they need right? to be but there to be safe, right? For but sure. You can't be on the water by yourself. Yeah. So, uh, so didn't touch the boat once. Pat would toss me bananas. Bananas were not bad. I had banana bread. They had like this little plate that they'd float out to me that I would like take, but like as soon as a wave hit, my banana bread was like dissolving and I had to try to eat my banana bread before it like dissolved away. So Gross. yeah, I had a lot of liquid calories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, I was treading water and eating awkwardly, especially when the waves picked up. About 6K in is when the waves picked up. Yeah. About um, halfway, almost halfway. About halfway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was calm, crystal clear of some parts of it mm-hmm. and then other parts that, uh, sorry. I'll get it. Yeah, other times it picked up, and then but after six K is when it really got tough. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you watched any of the videos, like the yeah, Coop a few took. Of them. Yeah. Did you have the sound on when you watched them? I think so. Yeah. Coop from Pure Country took a video, and you could just hear the wind at the beginning, like the first minute. That's like, right. I don't, know if you can hear me. I don't know if you can hear me. I don't because the wind was just, just howling, right? Yeah, you're you're on a lake. Yeah. yeah, and it's a big lake. And one potato the waves picked up. So oh. I gave the decision to pull yeah. me. I didn't want that decision to my power because I was in an all or nothing mindset. Right, I was going to get this done at all yeah. costs, which is not a safe mindset because the lake can get dangerous. Yeah. Um, so I gave that decision to Dan. I'm like, you have the permission to pull me out, but only pull me out if you got to. Like, I'm ready to swim through a freaking tsunami. <laughs> yeah. Dude, 100% you have to be, right? Yeah. That's the you mentality be, yeah. I had, right? Um, so 6K in, the waves pick up. There's some big white caps. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're hitting me on my dominant breathing side, so kind of like cross waves mostly. Yeah. Um, so I have to like time my breathing. I, I didn't breathe on my weak side. I just kind of time my breathing between waves. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an extra element of being like tossed around. Um, and then I got cut some kind of current. So yeah. some strong sort of stream that like you couldn't see, but I felt. Yeah. And we haven't named the boat, but uh, after swimming in that bit for a long time, Chris catch. I think it was Chris that came up with the name. We named it the Struggle Bus because that. That's a, that's second a very half, yeah, that's we a call it a struggle bus because yeah. the second bit of the swim was a struggle. It was tough. Um, they called it also the treadmill because I was swimming in place. Yeah. I I was like maybe four hours in, I was tired. I dialed up the intensity. Yeah. I dialed up the intensity and I was still getting nowhere. Jeez. I swam for a full hour and I got nowhere. That's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, pulled through my training a bit because I swam up Vermilion River. Mm-hmm. And if I got to Vermilion Lake eventually, 
And it felt like I was going nowhere, but I was making progress. So I'm like, maybe it's just that. Maybe it feels like I'm getting nowhere, but I'm making some progress. But mm-hmm. I could feel it sucking me back. When I took a, the break after an hour, I was getting blasted back and then get at it. And then I see them all talking, and I'm like, shit, this ain't good. Like, are they talking about calling it? it? Yeah. Are they calling it? Like, mm. the conditions are pretty bad right now. Um, you know, I'm stuck in this curve for an hour going nowhere. Are they? I just let them know. I'm like, what's going on? talk to me you know are you guys talking about calling it you know uh i need some help i need some support i need you guys to pump me up because i i'm digging i got nothing so they all started cheering all three started cheering me pumping me up giving me that energy feeding up i call i call chris cacciati the king of hype nice he is if you need a hype man chris cacciati's your guy yeah yeah he is the best i i love chris he's so such got this energy about him that Mm -hmm. i just absolutely love and the the part that was the most powerful, like for me, spiritual, like you know, yeah. Evie was part. Of, you can't. I, he was part of the accomplishment for me. Mm-hmm. So Chris took out a picture of Evie, and every time I went to breathe, I was looking at Evie. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. And I was able to dig to a place that I didn't know I had. I was able to dig deeper when mm-hmm. I thought I had nothing. Right. You know. And I'm reflecting, and I don't know how I got out of that current. I don't know if I outpowered it, which I don't know. I don't. Maybe, maybe shifted. Maybe I eventually shifted outside. I give, go, it, I give it to Evie. You outpowered it. Maybe. I mean, that's bad. Oh, man, sounds like it. I, I picked up the intensity even more, you know, so yeah. somehow I got out of it. Been, yeah. And when sure. I got out of that current, it felt like I got launched forward. Like you play video games like Mario Kart, you know, like the speed boosters. Yeah. It felt like oh, I hit one of those. You know? Nice. It stopped. Like I was getting sucked back. All of a sudden, nice. I launched forward. And then for the last like kilometer and a half, I had the waves kind of pushing me directly in my back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's done. Like I, I, I got this now. No, yeah. no, no doubts. And uh, when I stepped out on the beach, it was really cool. My whole family and friends and CTV was there and Coop from Pure Country was there. And they were all cheering me on, hyping me up. And nice. it was really cool. Uh, to come out to some ponds ah, that's cool. Know that they waited yeah. on the beach. Brother, the photos looked epic. Pat took yeah. some amazing pictures. I told him that too after. I was like, he sent me the. Uh, it I looks like him. Rocky, the the one Dude, coming it was out. So like, good. It was. It was. We'll, yeah. Uh, we'll uh, erect a statue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that picture was awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. And I think uh, I asked him. I was like, dude, like do you. He's like, dude, I brought my camera. I yeah. Like, yes, you did. He's yeah. Like, uh, don't because I always tell him before he does these things. I'm like, brother, don't forget bring your camera yeah everybody's looking through the phone lens take better photos the camera's nice yeah. and his camera's nice he yeah. takes good shots he's been like working it as a skill oh, too like the, yeah that, right? so the, it's so much better so than many when the first, so i'm like yeah. oh man so it was so good and he captured the moments and there's a lot of emotion in the photos that you can totally, see totally. and looking at some of them and like the you hugging chris oh he sent me the folder yeah because no, i asked for it. i broke down like you yeah. like him yeah. hugging chris the photos of like chris cheering you guys and the smiles in the boat and the smiles on your face as you're going it was just a very very emotional ex- it looked like a very very emotional experience. it was a very emotional swim for sure it was a very emotional swim and when i hit that beach i was tired but it was still good to go mm-hmm. you know I, you know, went straight into two interviews. Nice. And what, when my, they, my boat crew had to go around to dock the boat, and then when Chris came, I hugged Chris and I sobbed. Like, I just broke down. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of emotion, like, you know, holding both extremes, holding joy, accomplishment, uh, what we had done, raised $12,000, yeah. uh, helped kids give Evie a legacy. It's kind of cool to be on the news, kind of cool to be a radio paper, all that. Yeah. 
holding the high, living the high, but also the grief and pain I know he's going through, and you know that I'm kind of living through him because you know mm-hmm. I'm hurting because he's hurting, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that picture definitely captured it. You know, it was, yeah. it was uh, yeah, that was an emotional day for sure. And then hearing Chris give an interview to and talk about Abby after, uh, Chris gave a CTV interview and he mm-hmm. spoke beautifully too. You know, yeah. Um, like I said, a lot of respect for Chris. And I'm, I'm so much. So, he's such an inspirational guy. guy. Yeah. Such an energy about him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very um, contagious. Yeah. Very. I think that um, that that's an oh man, that's intense. That's very. Intense. It was yeah, and now it's kind of cool coming out now I've got some opportunities opening up because of that yeah. I've got some sponsorships coming in which is really hey, exciting that's sick. so I've already Where got the adventure plan for next year which I'm not ready to say yet but yeah, yeah I look I'm, forward I'm, to hearing yeah so for sure. now it's like uh, I'm living the high still but like Mike, like I'll, I'll, I won't talk about all this stuff but like Michael Phelps you got the low after you know you, you contrast what you did yeah. so pulling out of the low a bit um, and also like wondering do I want to take this next step the opportunities are there do I want to keep pushing? I think the answer is yes, you know? But I think... You know the answer is yes, brother. I know, I know. You know, you're like, it's oh, what's just, the most extreme thing It came thing with a lot do? of sacrifice, right, to get this done. Yeah, I can imagine, um, yeah. And, you know, ultimately I'm looking for a relationship, and I'm, it's kind of hard to start a relationship when mm. I'm that all in on something, you know? That makes sense, yeah. I think it puts tension, especially like in a new relationship. Yeah, it's tough to you know? develop and build it if... Exactly. Sure. Which I guess if it's got a finish line... I know it's temporary and I'll find that or if, if I find an athlete that's like willing to train with me and stuff mm-hmm. you know or someone uh, even I found people on the opposite end who are like completely different there's a um, there's a support that they have yeah the mental support right? and, yeah, yeah and they're able to support and understand just kind of how bad you want something and when people, when somebody truly like loves who you are and loves that, they'll love that part about you. Yeah. Right. And that kind of makes everything easier. It's ridiculous. This, cause I've had friends of mine who are in relationships or out of relationships, um, who've gone through that where they're like, Man, I'm trying to do this and I can't. It's just, and I'm like, well, you're training suffering too, because yeah. now you're always anxious about going and you don't want to piss her off. But yeah, it is. Off, you got to, uh, if you're in a relationship, like <laughs> if you, if you're an athlete, like that's a lot of time yeah. out of the house, you know, for sure. dedicated to this. So, mm-hmm. like, ultimately, I want a relationship, but it's it's tough to start one with that. Definitely, yeah. Impossible. It's a matter of, and like you said, it's a and bad, if I do this balance. again for another year, I'm pushing it back. Well, I mean, it may happen, you know, but yeah, you never know. Yeah, it could be one of the things that manifests. Maybe out. one of your yeah. listeners. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, that's amazing. I guess, yeah. yeah. If I'm going to finish with two things, I guess I've said what I think I've had sure, to man. say. Let's yeah. got questions, but. If I'm going to leave with two things, like this is a question I've been meditating a lot. Cause I'm a philosopher, right? Yeah. Spiritual guy. So the question I've been meditating a lot is, what do I want the meaning and purpose of my life to be? Right. What do I want my life to say? What do I want the message for it to send? Mm-hmm. And I've come with two. Like okay. That's the two that I want. Nice. Number one is, I want to be a light to dark places. In light, dark places? No, I want to be a light for oh, dark okay. places. I'm with you. You know, light for dark places. I hope that someone's listening here who's where I was, where absolute bottom, and mm. you know, just has the belief that that journey is possible yeah. and starts it. Yeah. You know, um, consoling Chris going through the grief. You know, I do camp yeah. quality kids that have cancer. Um, 
there's a lot of darkness in this world. And I saw that as a brother, you mm-hmm. know? And you could just collapse. There's so much darkness. Oh, I can't really imagine. But you got to be a light despite that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I want to be a light. I hope to, you know, hear back from someone to say, like, you know, this small thing you said changed my life. You know, yeah. they got to do it themselves, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I want my life to be inspirational. I think it is really inspirational, all the things I've mm-hmm. done and the journeys I've made. Um, and the other thing is I want to show people that they're capable of so much more than they think. Yeah. They just got to start. Yeah, I want people to do things that they thought was impossible. Because mm-hmm. if they look at me and do things that they thought were impossible, then it opens up that possibility for themselves of what's possible for me. Right. So the next one I got planned, yeah. I won't say much, but it's more insane than Juan Pate. Much more. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, excited too. It's, it's very exciting to get the team. I'm building my team right now. Um, once I've got my team... I'll, I'll be ready to announce it once I know I have the nice. team. But I've got. I'm looking for one key member that I still have a role to fill. Yeah. yeah. What's kind of your? Um, well, let's say rejection. I got nothing. So, um, I learned the strength of currents. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for a captain with a boat. Interesting. And a, okay. for big water. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Captain right for on. boat for big water. Um, someone who knows currents and navigation. Because okay. I've learned that I cannot power the elements. Right? And no. I cannot power Mother Nature. No, you can't. So that's mm-hmm. that's the biggest element that I'm looking for. But I got it's fun. I you know, uh, Kim has been sponsoring my treatments, which is amazing. Pat, amazing, yeah. Pat as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and she's putting me in contact with a bunch of other people. Oh, it's sad. just really exciting that mm-hmm. all these people uh, believe in me. Mm-hmm. You know, which obviously helps me believe in myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I guess for some of your listeners, maybe uh, maybe you don't believe in yourself, but I believe in you. Mm-hmm. You know, I really hope uh, that pushes you and eventually you learn to believe in yourself and that you will do things you never thought possible. It doesn't have to be athletic. Maybe it'll be academic. Maybe yeah. it'll be life-related. Like, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I just want to open up the realm of what you think is possible and attainable for you. I love it. I love it, Matt. Um, so, with that being said, um, where can people uh, hear your story and find out uh, more and connect with you and stuff? Uh Laying out the red carpet, uh, where can people get a hold of you and find you? Uh, I guess I post a lot about my swims on uh, social media. I u- mm. usually do mostly Facebook, um, but I use Instagram as well. Nice. Um, I got right on. They can just put, punch my name into Facebook, and there it is. It's me, a picture of me swimming, and there go ahead, you go ahead. You awesome. Know? And uh, same thing with Instagram. It's uh, my name, Metzier, M A T T H I E U mm. underscore Robert, R O B E R T underscore by name, last name, B O N I N. Nice. And there you go, you can add me there too. And if you want to keep following the swimming journey. So if I went from 50 meters to Juana Pate in mm-hmm. eight months, what can I go from Juana Pate to? That's the question. I'm Dude, I'm so brother, I'm so stoked to hear about it. So yeah. stoked to follow along and um, help uh, spread your message. And um, I just am grateful for the opportunity. Thank you so much for having today, me. Brother. Yeah, thank you for having right me. It's, it's great to be able to share my story. And yeah, it feels I appreciate good to talk it.